Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. And we are back with an all-new episode of Keep It. I am back in L.A. I'm Ira. I'm Kara. I'm Omarosa, and I'm back. Get out. Get out. Get out. At what age did you realize I'm the Omarosa of Keep It? I was 31. <laughs> I'm glad to be back in L.A. I'm, I'm sure it was a decadent getaway. Uh, it was a hot getaway. Uh, New York was gross. I don't know why I went during the summer. Yeah, that was dumb of you. Yeah. Um, I was in Vegas last week, though, so there you have it. That's right. Lewis was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I was. I was a contestant. Uh, you know, I'm an obsessive game show fan. And now I'm pretty sure there are no trivia games left for me, and I don't know why I'm still on Earth. Are you so, a millionaire? Um, I can't say. I okay. am an NDA signee. Got it. So. Got it. <laughs> Who is the host now? Uh, Chris Harrison from The Bachelor. Okay. Who is very debonair and a very good host. Um, He's lovely. different than Chris Hardwick. Correct. Yes. Oh, yes. Those are different people? No, I didn't have to take him down. Got it. Got it. Chris yes. Hardwick did get his job back, though. What was his job? Hosting 15 different things. Right. He hosts Talking Dead. He had, like, a Nerdist podcast. At midnight. All I know At- about him is that he probably abuses women. That's literally, <laughs> like, I didn't, I haven't heard of him before. I know him only because of this. I have no contacts for him The rest that. of his wiki was erased. It's just Chris Harrison, born 1971, probably abused women. Got it, yeah. <laughs> Since last week, I talked with um, Aminatu and Doreen about James Gunn. They were fabulous, the- by the way. Thank you. You guys need to be nicer. You were blessed with Amina and Doreen, and I know you missed us, but they are there were some wonderful. Fans, there were some fans who were out of pocket, <laughs> and I blocked some of you, oh, and God. you know what you did. Well. You were, you were blessed with Amina and Doreen. <laughs> they are brilliant and wonderful and incredible and better at what they do than most everyone living. So put don't some make, respect on their goddamn name. Don't make me bring on Amy Schumer next week. Oh my God. But we talked about James Gunn last week. And since then, the whole cast has now petitioned Disney to rehire him. Hooray. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, Chris Pratt even came out with some Bible verses. <laughs> Did you see in the statement, that was the funny thing where they're like, we've been thinking about this and praying about this. And I was like, you know, Chris made them put pray in that statement. It's actually kind of funny to me because it's like the right wing crazy people going against the Guardians of the Galaxy people. But Chris Pratt is in the middle of this. So he's like, this religious right person too. Right. Chris Pratt, the worst part about Avengers, only because, not him like as a person, but his character, whatever, spoiler, if you've seen, it's been about two years ago. It's on digital now. I was so angry in that movie. I was like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. You were messing all of this shit up for your green girlfriend who's probably not really dead in the first fucking place. I was, I almost walked out. I was furious. So I've projected that onto Chris Pratt as a person. Yeah, I feel like they're going to adapt Green Girlfriend next. They, oh, That's the next franchise. Green Girlfriend who's probably still alive. Starring Scarlett Johansson. Right. Green Girlfriend. Sorry, Zoe. She's going to issue out. A, she's going to issue a statement to the green community. <laughs> I'm one of you. I understand you. (laughs) Coming up later this episode, we have a guest I am very excited about. Marty Noxon. I have loved her since Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but she is also a producer of Sharp Objects, Dietland, Code Black, Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce, Unreal. She's doing everything. So we're going to talk to her a little bit later on the show. Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Lewis? Yes? When you see footprints in the sand, that was when I carried you in my Barefoot Dreams rub. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? (laughs) No? 
Uh, if you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated, so don't believe the dupes. Girl, this blanket is it. I effing love this blanket. I'm thinking about it right now, and I want to jump in my bed, which is sponsored by something that we'll do another ad for momentarily. Get ready. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Jesus, get a life, Oprah. My God. (laughs) Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. Uh, I throw this thing on. I wear it like a shawl. I look exactly like Ellen Burstyn. And I am the coziest a human being can be. Because, by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's, like, pretty mild outside, and then your apartment is cold. I can't explain Mm. it. I don't know things like basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR and how I live my life every day. Oh, I'm glad to bear witness to it. (laughs) Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of a struggle. It sounds like you at Coachella. I'm already tuned in. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective, from Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations. There's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives have always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Doesn't the black experience sound like a three-disc Prince album we never got? Someone check the vault, please. (laughs) Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Normally, I like Jake Tapper. He looks very nice in suits, and I love his GQ profile. And, you know, I just stare at pictures of him sometimes. He also has that salt and pepper that looks like the stress has gotten to him, which is very sexy. Yes, but he jumped out the window on Twitter this week mm. when responding to a tweet from HuffPost that showed Barack and Michelle Obama dancing at the Beyonce and Jay-Z Washington, D.C. concert. He attacked them like we were in Footloose saying the Democratic Party is the weakest it has been since the 1920s, but shrug emoji. Emoti- not even an emoji. That emoticon, Sorry, the shrug emoticon. like it is 2015. <laughs> Having an aim chat about the... Seriously. Yeah. And clearly... None of Twitter was having it. Jake blocked me on Twitter. Did he? Um, yeah, because I tweeted "fuck off," which, <laughs> um, and then I think he later unblocked me. But yeah, he blocked me. He was blocking a lot of people on Twitter who yeah. were basically like, "What is this dumbass tweet?" I saw some people mention like the next day that Jake and, unblocked them. And I gotta say, listen, I block people on Twitter all the time. Like, if you just say "good morning" to me the wrong way, I'll probably block you on Twitter. <laughs> However, I'm not a journalist. And so it is kind of different. I mean, fuck off was rude. I'll fully <laughs> recognize that. But um, there were people who who were responding to him in much more measured ways, and he was blocking them too. And like, people if we're tell Maggie call you, Haberman, "Fuck right, you daily." She doesn't block you, anybody. If we're gonna call you a journalist, which at CNN is a favor, we're doing calling you a journalist. <laughs> I, I think you probably do need to be a little bit more even-handed with the blocking. Also, I was just going to say, I think some people would argue that CNN's the worst, also the worst the it's worst. been in years, and the you're worst. spending your time on this, you know? I just, the nerve of this man, 
Have the Obamas not done enough for you people? My God, they've done more than most people. I haven't served my country for eight years. And frankly, I think that black people doing anything to help this country is a gift to everyone. We've given you hundreds of years of free labor. Everything is a bonus. Everything is a bonus. Barack and Michelle were a kind, benevolent bonus to all of you. They are done. He doesn't need to give a goddamn shit about the Democratic Party because he is not a politician anymore, and he's not going to be. And Michelle is not a politician, was never going to be, is not going to be. It is not their job to lead the Democratic Party. You need to go looking at all these other people who are not doing their jobs and who you give these soft-ass interviews to on your television network. Also, Barack and Michelle spent plenty of time trying to tell y'all to vote for, a for someone year. for someone who's currently not in office. So I let's talk have, about who didn't do their job. I have this wild take that Barack and Michelle at a uh, concert of Jay-Z and Beyonce helps the Democratic Party. I don't feel like it's falling apart because they're enjoying two very well-known, very successful black Democrats. The only thing I'm mad about, frankly, is the fact that this is Michelle's second time because I saw her hanging out with Tina Lawson at the show in Paris and I've had enough. Oh. You need Jake Tapper, you need to worry about the fact that you keep letting Kellyanne Conman come on your show and lie to you. You need to worry about all of these other Trump people you come making shit up on your airwaves. How many on goddamn TV? times are you letting that liar come and lie to your face? That's what you need to worry about. You need to leave the Obamas alone. Also, this is just honestly my least favorite type of tweet, and it's an old type of tweet too, which is, you know. Uh, I remember when Michael Jackson died, people on my feed being brilliant and being like, how can you spend time talking about this when there's a war in Syria or whatever they fucking say? It's like because people contain multitudes because we like things sometimes and don't have to be, you know, discussing the harshest issues of all time in order to deal with the universe. We got to talk about your damn cartoons that he's out here drawing. Right. Come on. I don't come to your apartment and slap the Donkey Kong controller out of your hand. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't stand outside your apartment, like, wondering what you're doing at night. So, like, let these people enjoy a concert. Most people go to concerts. Yeah. The only reason it became a story is because it's Barack and Michelle at a concert. Also, a Beyonce concert is two hours. Indeed. And choreographed to the hilt. Also, no, it's not like in the uh, What Happened book by Hillary Clinton. She's like, you know what got us here? The Obamas going to concerts. Right. So I feel like if I'm the Obamas, I'm like, we tried to tell you motherfuckers for so long. Michelle just wanted us to eat vegetables right. and nobody would fucking listen. So if I were them, I'd be like, screw it. I'm enjoying my life. Nobody was listening to us anyway. Good day. If anything, she is continuing to tell us to get up and move. Get <laughs> up and move to Beyonce. Right. No, remember all those years when she's like, I will go on the Ellen show again to show you what dancing is, but now you need to take the lead. <laughs> also, like, why aren't you worried about what's George Bush doing in those damn paintings? Have you bothered him about his hobbies? Are you asking where Bill Clinton is, what he's doing? Why is it only the Obamas that when they decide that they want to enjoy themselves after having gone through enough that everyone gets all up in arms? They're the only ones. I've never seen like, oh, George and Laura went to, um, you know, a Kenny Chesney, is that how you say his name? Yeah, right, yes. Concert and... Uh, <laughs> the former Mr. Renee Zellweger. <laughs> By the way, Jay Tapper, weirdly, he's usually fine on Twitter, but he has this history of, like, being over entertainment news. One time there was uh, a story about... Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber are reportedly friends again, and he responded, I found the tweet that I care absolutely the least about in the whole world. Congratulations. You don't like entertainment? <laughs> Some of us like it. You work at an entertainment network, my man. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, half that shit is not real. So <laughs> I wouldn't be out here shading entertainment news. You're working for Down Low E. I, <laughs> I already had to Kate Bush run back up that hill to like Jake Tapper again, because some of you may recall that he tried to drag me on Twitter oh, yes. when I said that Jeff Sessions was using his granddaughter as a political prop to show that he was not racist, which I feel like the past two years have shown that Jeff Sessions is fully racist. Two Him years? That man's date, the day he was born. He was the only racist baby ever born in the history of people. He was, he was so aghast about it. But then he ended up following me on Twitter. But it's just that type of, it's that CNN brand of like, 
everyone deserves an equal voice in just a really like dumb simplistic way it's just like you know by criticizing the obamas he's showing that he's like fair it's like man this is not the thing to criticize them about and obviously democrats and liberals deserve criticism for a lot of things and this just isn't it and so for you to choose those things it just does not help the credibility that cnn is hanging on to by a thin thin thread by the way can i just say in the tweet you know what else i hate and this is something people do on twitter at the end of the tweet putting the shrug emoji it's like can't you just express an actual opinion without telling us what to feel about it? It's like when people end a tweet with LOL or LMAO. It's like, this is cheap. Just make the LOL happen. Don't, don't like smugly include your own laugh so as to pretend like it's so obvious this is laughable what I'm saying. It's like, no, I don't believe you. You're indicating. Uh, the, maybe the funniest thing about this story is the fact that the only place I could find that has reported on Jake's tweet was conservative and right-wing right. blogs. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And they were eating up the, the the fact that the song that they were dancing to was Niggas in Paris. Ugh. That's what you did, Jake. <laughs> See, that's the kind of shit, that's what you're doing. You're giving them fodder for this stupid bullshit. I also actually have to give props to Whoopi Goldberg, who responded to it on The View by saying, Jake, I'm taking you to a concert because you are stressed. Oh my God. <laughs> you need to come and go to a concert and have some fun. I love him. Even, you know, um, Megan McCain. Yeah, that Captain Planet villain. Yeah. She she even said, If you work all the time, you become Ted Cruz, and then you can't socialize <laughs> and then walk away with people. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just Nearly be completely woke. soulless, boring, and unfun. Right, and made of Velveeta, as Ted Cruz is. Also, he hasn't acknowledged that the tweet was stupid. Because Which he, is weird. He, kept, he, he didn't unblocked it. people, he and he didn't me, delete it. Didn't delete it, and not even referencing like that that was dumb like that's to me the biggest issue with it which like if nothing else if we're being generous it was a stupid tweet and to not even just say like anything at all about it i'm like oh he doesn't think there was anything wrong he think he made some really smart man statement about the obamas dancing at a fucking concert I, I now want to follow him to in his nightlife to see if he goes to any concerts. Oh, be yeah. like, CNN's ratings are down, but you're yeah. at a concert. I hope you never, I guess you're never going to a concert ever again, Jake Tapper. Don't enjoy yourself, Jake Tapper. CNN is on fire. Uh, shrug. Why are you at a concert? <laughs> anyway, Drake, stop tweeting about the Obamas. Do your job. Wear nice suits and give me a hug. Right. I'll, t I'll accept a high five. You can have the fucking also, hug. why don't you try to move your hips to niggas in Paris? Because that is a jam still, man. <laughs>Women accuse CBS chief Les Moonves of sexual harassment in a new Ronan Farrow piece for The New Yorker. Four women said that Moonves forcibly touched or kissed them during business meetings, and two said that he physically intimidated them or threatened to derail their careers. For the time being, however, CBS board members are remaining by his side while they seek outside counsel. Because this is the first they've heard of this. They're very mm -hmm. shocked. Why? I, I heard about this like six months ago. Right. Let's just say that when you're at a random party in Hollywood and people are like, I hear Run and Pharaoh's next piece is going to be about Les Moonves. The CBS board knows about it. Yeah, right. They probably knew about it 10, 15 years ago when these women were first being uh, sexually harassed by this man. Also, do you know what I <laughs> is the sad uh, uh, upshot of these articles? Finally being reacquainted with actresses I haven't thought about in a while. Like, oh, Ileana Douglas, how's she doing? Oh, wait, terribly, because Les Moonves victimized her. It's like this Where Are They Now special, these Ronan Farrow articles, where you get reacquainted with people you thought you lost to just the consequence of Hollywood. But no, actually, so horrible men got in their way. Aside from, you know, the fact that we talked that people were, you know, intimating that this story might come out, was this surprising? Les never really seemed like a Harvey Weinstein but, I mean, I know this is not surprising because he's a man with power. I was going to say. And also at CBS, where I believe their most diverse show was, like, the the extras of Two Broke Girls. <laughs> Shamar Moore in a show of all white people solving mysteries. Oh, yes, right. Yeah. No, not surprising. These men are, are trash, 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 trash. CBS, are they making the right decision now? 
is it right to seek the outside counsel? I guess they have to legally, right. but the board decided not to do anything. I think they're probably like, well, he probably didn't rape anyone. That's the bad one, right? That they feel that he can probably skate by and they can send him to some rehab center and he can apologize. And that's part of the problem when you make Harvey Weinstein the bar for bad behavior. Anything under Harvey Weinstein, so many people are like, oh, well, we can we can work through that. And it's like, no, this is still shitty. He probably deserves to lose his job. You don't have to sexually assault someone violently in order to not be competent to to serve in the role that you're in. Also, I just believe these women. I believe Ileana Douglas. I believe the women in the story. So I just think it'd be smart for Les Moonves to step down after doing it for 70 years anyway with his trillions of dollars. Does he need to keep doing this? I mean, he probably still thinks I Dream a Genie is on. So, I mean... Ain't no mocking of Barbara <laughs> Eden on this show. <laughs> I will also commend Stephen Colbert who um, has The Late Show on CBS and opened his show with a monologue about how accountability is for everybody. I don't know what's going to happen, but I do believe in accountability. And not just for politicians you disagree with. Everybody believes in accountability until it's their guy. And make no mistake, Les Moonves is my guy. He hired me to sit in this chair. He stood behind this show while we were struggling to find our voice. He gave us the time and the resources to succeed, and he has stood by us when people were mad at me. And I like working for him. But accountability is meaningless, unless it's for everybody, whether it's the leader of a network or the leader of the free world. We'll be right back. He called out Moonvest the same way he called out Charlie Rose when those allegations happened. And, you know, I like that he continues to be a man who will sort of use his power to call out people because he knows ain't nobody firing Stephen Colbert. That's what I, that's what, there was a TV writer, I think Owen Ellickson, who, who tweeted this over the weekend. And it really was the sentiment. I wrote a piece in the guardian, um, a couple months ago about the NFL and the kneeling and the protesting where if every black player in the NFL is like, I'm not playing on Sunday, you better goddamn believe that they are going to let them kneel during the fucking national anthem. If every star of a CBS show, if the big bang theory is like, we're not coming on Sunday, set unless you get rid of that man do you know how quickly his ass would be gone how quickly and for people especially people who are who are in such positions of power who losing their jobs is not going to fucking kill them or ruin their lives who are going to get other jobs who are famous who are going to be supported to not just stick your neck out the slightest bit because you do have much more power in these situations than you realize like chuck laurie was like that's a conversation for another day when he was asked at TCA's about it, and it's like, you have 700 TV shows. No, it's shows. not. No, it's, you have a billion dollars from television. What, how will you, do you really think, do you really think if you came out here and said, Les Moonves is a creep, I don't want him to be there anymore, do you really think they're gonna be like, oh, well, fuck you, Chuck Laurie, Les is staying. Oh my God, he would be out so quickly. You print money for that network, and I don't understand why these people get so cowardly in these situations when they have so little to lose. Also, he's so powerful, he got a show called Mom on the Air, which I think is like a superhuman feat. Nothing wrong with the show Mom, by the way. Just other, it's like among the worst titles I've I ever enjoy heard. it. Yeah, they're both great. Great comic actors. Uh, but our girl, Julie Chen, though, is sticking by her Who's man. girl? Lewis and, I watch, Lewis and I watch Big Brother. I used to watch Big Brother. It doesn't make anyone anyone's girl. Well, <laughs> we have a disease where we can't stop. And I will say this. Julie Chen is stuck by her man since day one. Will her loyalty fold in the coming weeks? We'll soon find out. But first, CBS execs <laughs> don't know what to do about Les Moonves. Is his time at the top limited? Let's find out. Anyway, that was my big brother shout out. I asked if I could that, do this bit and they let me. Did we? <laughs> I didn't know when it was coming, to be honest. You sort of surprised us with that yeah. bit. Sort of. Popped out of the grave like I thought Carrie's we were going to get a warning. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I haven't been to a Second City class, but I feel like that was my, a good improv one exercise for me. Mm-hmm. Not that I didn't write that whole bit down. I the, did. There was someone on Twitter who said something great, which is like that Julie Chen, she supported her husband. And it was basically like, oh, yeah, the one woman who accepted his advancements is obviously not going to be pissed about this situation. Like, if you had said no, you would have been in the same position as these other women, girl, and to, like, not recognize that. Right, because she was working at CBS. Exactly. She. You really think that didn't start out as him creeping on her and she just was fine with it? Please. 
it's like, are you the first woman that Hay has approached in the workplace to start something with? You just the first one that said yes, girl. Open your eyes to the shocking twists, Julie. <laughs> right. I will say this about her. She is never at a loss for words. And I forget, when she came to CBS, she wanted to be a 60 Minutes correspondent. So I'm, I'm just saying... Those people are always right on it when it comes to a statement and being smart and articulate right off the bat. So I think Julie Chen is just like, she is ready and prepared. She has Big Brother and the talk, and she is not giving them up. That's what I'm saying. It's it's one of those, like, I think we talked about that a couple weeks ago, where like I feel so torn, where I don't think that these women should be held accountable. But I'm like, this isn't it, though. And I don't know what it looks like when like your partner is the one in this position. But I'm like, I know that this is not this is not the right reaction. Well, in her statement, she was it was very much about his reputation. She being like, I'm going to stay with him today, tomorrow, forever. And it's like, well, you need to also acknowledge the Cardi women who B are speaking forever. out. Precisely. <laughs> no, but like, what do you think about what Ileana Douglas said? That strikes me as a crazy story because, to make up. Because you could have also said, like, I think I'm I'm embarrassed and, and, and upset by my husband's behavior. I'm going to stand by him. Like, even just some acknowledgement. Because, girl, you knew. Please. It's interesting for Julie Chen as a journalist in where? some res- in some respects where where in where <sighs> the talk on uh, listen the talk she actually was a war was, correspondent was. for one second she was yeah, yes yeah. Mm-hmm. she was the talk does very <laughs> serious investigations care remember when they didn't wear makeup <laughs> remember, when, remember when they all were like ripping off uh, wigs. their wigs <laughs> oh, their and um, Julie Chen pretended to tug at her? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. They want a Peabody for that, right? <laughs> yes. The de-wigging episode. Um, but yes, I agree, Carol. You know, it's like the same thing with like a Georgina Chapman. You know, it's like we don't expect these women to be accountable. And a lot of people immediately came out with, don't hold these women accountable. Don't hold these women accountable. Yes, but if Julia is going to get out in front of this story in this regard, then we do have to hold her accountable in some part for what she says. I mean, y'all didn't give the same respect to Camille Cosby. <laughs> Beautifully said. Julie, get out. Run out of there. Hide in the Big Brother house. Also, You'll never find you. She could also, again, say nothing. And But now mm-hmm. that she's released a statement, she's putting herself into it a lot more and like and it's just the fact that she benefited so greatly by being married to this man is the other thing that you can't ignore you can't act like it was just all a coincidence all of this like it it helped her and so she benefited from the power that he had and so the way that he abused that power um, is not something she can be completely divorced from I think also though that also makes it hard to judge her statement because it's hard to tell how much CBS is making her do it right you know so it's hard to tell like how much of it's on her own free will etc and just legal wise of being his wife yeah. currently, you know, for future lawsuits or any other sort of um, investigation. It's sort of like a statement that has to be said. Also, how long is this investigation going to take? Right. Because they said an outside investigator. I'm like, so do we have a timeline on this? Well, they are having the whole cast of Scorpion <laughs> canvas Moon versus computer. Um... Catherine McVie is parachuting onto his house. <laughs> I guess we'll see how long it will take. He'll probably be fine. Good job, Ronan Farrow. Good job, Ronan Farrow, but I'm like, he'll probably, like so many of these awful men, he will escape unscathed or he will maybe get fired. He will get millions of dollars in the process um, and probably come back on, uh, who was doing that show about uh, abused men? Charlie Rose? Mm-hmm. Which one of those creeps? Oh, yeah. Was that trying yeah. to. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. If Ronan gets another Pulitzer, I just want to say, I believe it's cheating to get a Pulitzer for writing something that helps people. You should you should have to get a Pulitzer for things like movie criticism, for a long-form piece about a celebrity. That's very nice. So stop cheating, honey. And also, listen, I don't think anyone would notice if Moonves went away from CBS. It would probably benefit the network, to be honest, and it would get a little bit more diverse. Put a woman in there. Uh, maybe even a woman of color. And <gasps> if... What? He really needs huh? to run something. Give him the CBS All Access. No one will even notice. That's right. But don't touch the good fight. <laughs> to keep your hands off the good fight. Oh, that's right. Keep it away. Keep it away from Christine Baranski. Oh, 
It sounds like you're saying this is a code black and they should replace him with a woman of color. Anyway, that was my whole joke. Oh, God. Come on. <laughs> code black. Go back to the big brother bit. Come on. I was not even going to joke about firing you this week. <laughs> code black. When we're back, we'll be joined by Marty Noxon for a conversation about the cult of Gwyneth Paltrow. Here's to the paper pushers, the rush hour warriors, and the gotta get awayers. Trade the daily grind for a place to unwind, where you can rise with the tide and roll down the boardwalk, where you can eat french fries for lunch and ice cream for dinner, where your only commute is your walk to the beach, where every day feels like Saturday. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at oceocean.com. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. We are back with one of the busiest women in TV, Marty Knoxon. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. Hi. I, I think I have the distinction of being the oldest person you've ever had on. Do I? Uh, My yeah. references are older than you are. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. You win. You win. That's true. That's Listen, true. Marty. Sharp objects. Yes. Diet land. Yes. Girlfriend's got to divorce. Yes. Unreal. Yes. Code Black. Well, Code Black, I, I have the distinction of having the best kind of Hollywood job, which is that I, I help produce the documentary that it's based on. So I did literally nothing. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, it's the, the job how I aspire I, to. How do we it's, get into that? It's, yeah. it's the Gwyneth Paltrow of jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, so what you're saying is you're lazy. <laughs> I am. I'm just a lazy, lazy um, woman. Yeah. And of course, I have... Loved your work since Buffy. Oh, thank you. You've done so much work. You're like Ang Lee, where it's just you're into Life of Pi and Sense and Sensibility. Just <laughs> every, every, everything counts. Well, you know, I I feel like I did grow up in in the ice storm, so that is a fun, wonderful oh, reference. Wow. Yes. Oh, you yeah. may stay. Good yeah. reference. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you are here, and you said that um, your entire room has is well versed in uh, the new New York Times Magazine profile of Gwyneth Paltrow, yeah. where she explained that she has taken the internet's <laughs> hatred of her and figured out how to turn it into cash. She calls these moments, quote, cultural firestorms. Oh my God. And she could monetize those eyeballs. That was the longest article. It's quite long. <laughs> I kept thinking, surely this woman has spent enough time yeah. with Gwyneth to yeah. find a kicker yeah. to end this. And yet it kept going <laughs> and going and going. And yet I devoured every word like it was like Chardonnay. <laughs> <laughs> And yet, and yet, you know, it's funny because, you know, we did, we we all were like, this is a must because in a weird way, like, I feel like Gwyneth Paltrow is like the cross section of um, Adora and Verena, like Adora <laughs> on Sharp Objects and Verena on Dietland. Like she, she's just draped in cashmere in such a way that <laughs> drives so many people crazy. But the fact that she's figured out how to make money from that, I think is real proof that when people say like women should run the world I'm always like let's put a pin in that like certain <laughs> certain women certain, yeah <laughs> I realized how little I knew about her did not realize she was with Brad Falchuk oh my didn't god didn't realize I think I forgot about the other kid there was a bunch of stuff yeah. I was like oh I have not been paying attention to what this woman has been doing. Congratulations. I, think <laughs> I love the small details of like one of her daughters is just sitting in the background strumming Blackbird. Just like, <laughs> of course she is. 
I know. It was very like her like making the clams without an apron and then Chris Martin just shows up and then the kids are just now doing the instruments and Brad just walks in now and now they're having them. I'm like, yeah. give me yeah. a break. Yeah. I actually want a TV series of um, Gwyneth in her little Viola Davis moment of like just striding into this college classroom <laughs> oh, and <no>. shouting <laughs> vagina at people. <laughs> That's the thing about the Goop brand. For a while, I was tolerant of it because it's like, all right, look, somebody's got to make $7,500 risotto and it may as well be Gwyneth Paltrow. (laughs) However, then when you get into the jade vagina eggs thing where she's just like advocating sexual health things that are cuckoo. Not even just like all kinds of health shit. She's actually someone who I think would die of caucasity because she 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 might just like lets bees sting her in this. I'm like, you're going to die by being too white. That's what's going to happen to you. One of the most interesting parts of this too was the fact that Goop split with Condé Nast. Uh, they were like, we're not going to do Goop magazine. Because Condé Nast uh, was too moral. Right. right. Yeah. They were like, Wild. so we need to fact check these yeah. articles. Um, you can't just be out here like Dr. Oz saying that <laughs> all of these like doodads. Um, or like underwire bras gives you breast cancer. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, that's the thing. That is the, the deep theory of the room, which is, and I, I call this theory Donald Trump versus the sun. <laughs> Which is <laughs> that I think we're all so afraid. You know, yeah. the climate is actually changing. Like we and there's and we're all powerless, which brings out the Luddite in yeah. everybody, you know, and it brings out it's just like witchcraft, absolutely, that's true. Like so there's this whole <laughs> section of like people with lots of money who are gonna go crazy that way and right. be like, We are praying to our bras that don't have <laughs> underwires. And then there's there are the people who are like, Donald Trump is going to literally, you know, fly through the air and fight the sun with his hands and he'll win. <laughs> And we'll be fine. Right, so, right. That's our thing. No, I was going to say, Goop is splitting with Condé Nast because they aren't committed to truthfulness. It's like, literally, it's like the white lady Infowars. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which, by the way, it surprises me that she even wanted to be a part of Condé Nast. It's like, you're clearly your own, you know, ivory cashmere juggernaut. Why do you need Condé <laughs> Nast? Just typing up her little Goop newsletter in her kitchen. You know what uh, I think about a lot is Beyonce. <laughs> do you? From Houston, I do. <laughs> Beyonce, Houston ass Beyonce, Brooklyn ass oh. Jay Z, rolling up to this house and, and, being friends and with them. them offering her moon juice. Beyonce's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, I just think about all of the things that she also probably tried to push on Beyonce. Like, girl, you got to try. You got to get stung by some bees. It'll change your life. And Beyonce just being like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so true. But part of B has to love it a bit. Because she did grow up with Matthew Knowles, so she knows a scammer, and she knows how successful they could be, because I laugh every time I, she's still pushing it, every time I see ads for Beyonce's little vegan venture. Oh, yeah. (laughs) By the way, didn't Gwyneth Paltrow one time refer to Jay-Z as Uncle Jay, like for her kids? Like, wow, they are like in it deep together. Let's get some fanfic about that going. Well, Amber Rose has been spinning fanfic on Heidi and Spencer's podcast, and Gwyneth um, shot back that we don't know what she's talking about. Oh, wow. Oh, good. I'm glad that she felt she had to weigh in on that one. Like, it's just like, it it was, you said many times, like, just, you don't have to say anything. You know what's a good idea? Like, zip it. Is this all she does now, too? Because I I saw her, the last time I saw her was in The Avengers, as we've already discussed today, for like two seconds. Like, what's the last, this is just like what she. This is what she's doing. It says in the article that she basically has given up because she's just going to, you know, now it's like when Jimmy Ivine, I heard that he just decided he was going to be a billionaire. I'm like, that's, you know, (laughs) like that's such demented privilege where people are like, you know what, being a multimillionaire, I just feel like if I don't have a yacht, you know, what am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) It's really touching. Um, Specifically about Gwyneth Paltrow that like they think they said they valued Goop at like $250 million. And as you said, like she claimed she monetized eyeballs that were like critical of her but I think the opposite occurred she just created a a business out of having infinite money to put into it Mm -hmm. and you know somebody was into it you know and I think it was probably because I think there probably are vehement defenders of her there are like cons and stuff oh yeah you know I do I will give her this her her whole thing about like 
I'm just making shit for rich white women. Where she is so yes. unabashed. She's just like, somebody's got to buy a $1,000 blender. Yeah. Why, like, people do buy that. It's like Gucci or any brand. You know, it's like someone is someone is spending money on that. Yeah. And she knows who her customer is, and she does not care. <laughs> she does not care about anything being affordable. She does not care about a food desert. She does not care about any of this shit. She's just like... You know what? Rich people buy shit. I'm rich. These They're white rich. women like, are the equivalent of rappers, like just buying Gucci and yeah. shit. Yeah. You know, it's like, ooh, gotta get that yeah. fish. Fish She's oil. Really, right. <laughs> She's like, if someone is stupid enough to buy this shit, that is not yeah. my fault. Which is was kind of refreshing. I, yes. I yeah. I mean, I can't get mad at that. Yeah. yeah. I will say this though. I do kind of wish she acted more because I think she is a brilliant actress. You want a Shakespeare in Love yes, limited please. series on Amazon? Um, yes. Louis, did you not read the article she was acting? No, true. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is her greatest Yeah, are you role. kidding? This is her <laughs> yodeling vagina at Harvard University. She still got it. Yeah. <laughs> Switching exactly. gears a bit. Uh, what's interesting is she talks about, you know, like how she sort of takes these cultural firestorms and people, you know, being wild about her online, which I know you are no stranger to, yeah. Marty. <laughs> um, I wrote an article about how I love like season six and the later seasons of Buffy. Right. But right. your Twitter bio even references like <laughs> the fact that people will try and tweet at you like that you ruined yeah. the show. Yeah. How does it feel going from that as a producer, you know, like a decade ago to now just like you have all these shows on the air? Like, does it mm -hmm. feel great? God, you know, I, I'm way too nervous for anything to feel great. <laughs> I am, you know, I, uh, as you can tell from the shows, you know, that I have a lot of, um, I have a lot of anxiety issues. <laughs> There's like a lot I of people to, with rage on these shows, sure. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm trying to turn the anxiety outward now. Like, that's what the shows are right now. And now I kind of feel like, I, I, I would really like to do, like, a, a kid's comedy or something <laughs> like, I feel like it's time to just like take the take the foot off the pedal for just a light no I mean mm -hmm. it does feel exciting but of course like I know I mean I'm sure you guys can relate like you wake up every day going like well why aren't people why aren't people more receptive to this show about a 300 pound woman like why mm -hmm. are we mm -hmm. having to so instead of just like being like yay you know everything's going great I wake up going like what's wrong with people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wonder what's wrong with people every second of the day. <laughs> yes. um, has your sort of life on social media changed a bit in the few years now? Yeah, I mean, I think that I try to be more engaged in a way. Like, mm -hmm. but I've also stopped trying to like change anybody's mind. Like, I've mm -hmm. learned the hard way. Like, don't engage the trolls. Like, for a while, I, there was a point when you know, because I'm very um, active in in every town and Moms Demand Action, which are both you know, mm -hmm. really robust organizations that are fighting for gun safety, you know, and for better gun laws. That's all. We're not trying to take people's guns away. But I would get into these arguments with literally people who were like, I wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post, so I know everything about gun control. And I'd be like, okay, dude, you can't reference your own op-ed as right. research, yeah. you know. <laughs> like, is there any peer-reviewed research anywhere, you know? And I'd yeah. get filed in these rabbit holes, and then people would be like, where do you live? I have a gun. You know? do, you, do you ever wonder, because I just think, if I had, like, a trillion television shows, I would forget Twitter even existed. I feel like I would be like, I'm living a real life. I don't need you people. But I, I think that. I say that now. But then, you know, if it were to happen, I'm like, no, I'd probably still be I think you'd go to a beach. Tweets. Yeah, I think you'd go to a beach for like a week and you'd be like, this is the life. You yes. know? And like about mi middle of week two, you'd start being like, God, that palm tree really neat. If it was over there, instead <laughs> of over there, you know, you'd start. Like, I just know, you know, I, I think part of the reason why I love you guys so much is because I, I feel the kindred spirit of, like, type A, like, must destroy and eat and kill. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm so obsessed with the characters on your show. It must be said... I am fucking obsessed with sharp objects. Yes. Just like, again, a couple of things I love about it. One, you get so many shots of just a woman 
thinking. Yeah. Which again is like, <laughs> how many shows do we get that on? Surprisingly few. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I watch a show like that and I think about your other shows and I'm like, just who are on like the vision board of characters you are obsessed with for all time? Like the, the people you're thinking about, you're like, God, we need more characters like blank on TV. Oh, God. I mean, it's such an interesting question because um, like right now I am, um, you know, writing a movie about Lucy McBath, who um, her son was shot in a stand your ground shooting back five about five years ago and it was the right after Trayvon and um and you know for a long time I was really like I don't have a right to write this story Mm -hmm. like it's not my story to tell and in fact that that was part of the reason why I left Unreal because there was such a dedication to like telling this Black Lives Matter story and I was like if we're going to tell that story we need to be really good listeners (laughs) (laughs) like super good you know and I was like I don't know that we're like the best people you know so so But the truth is, like, Lucy is a person who is carrying a story that I just care passionately about, you know. And and so, you know, her story is that she took what is such an incredible loss that she'll never recover from. And now she is running for Congress. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, those are stories that everybody needs. Like, every person, you know, who feels or is actually marginalized needs a story about you know, you take that pain and you keep walking because those are the things that are going to, you know, that's that's what's going to fight the sun. <laughs> it's right, not, yes. It's not Donald Trump. You know, it's like <laughs> what's going to change the world is people who learn how to walk with pain, you know, and like live their lives. And But what I'm doing now is spending time with her and actually hearing her voice and meeting, you know, like mm-hmm. I've had to go up against some of my own gigantically racist assumptions you know like mm-hmm. I was I was like can I go to church with you mm-hmm. <laughs> and I swear to God I thought I, I mean my reference for church uh-huh. in Atlanta was like out of a you know 1950s movie mm-hmm. <laughs> like, an I was Alvin like, Ailey dance piece you once saw <laughs> exactly. yes. and I got there and it was like oh no it's like a modern church with like cameras it felt very it felt very <laughs> just, and I was just like oh okay so uh, I'm still a huge racist like <laughs> that's you know you have to keep you have to keep working at these assumptions that you have buried deep inside of you so it's like but that's those are the kind of characters that I want in my life of people who inspire me to keep fighting and not like go to the beach and then start arranging right you know deck chairs <laughs> and you're telling these stories through women yeah. too which is great you know it's yeah. nice to see such um, fully realized uh, female characters yeah. on TV. In all of your shows. Yeah. And it wasn't really a plan. It's just that as a female myself, you know, I I only know how to write from stories that I've walked at least somewhat in. And, you know, I just don't know what it's like to be a dude. I just don't. Well, I love how surprised everyone always is when they're like, oh, my God, we actually hired women to make a television show and we have good female characters. It's like, yeah, you dum-dums. It's literally all you need. Like, oh, my gosh, a black person is in charge. The show isn't racist. It's like... Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That is that is tens. That's how it works. But our business, I mean, I think certain businesses are are much more prone to the kind of massive misogyny that lives in you know Hollywood mm-hmm. and Washington and the techs. You know, it's just the the. I feel like all all my friends who are from deeply marginalized communities have been like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, they're like yeah. you catch up. You yeah. know? <laughs> they're like, thank you, thank you very much for barely understanding. Uh, but, have you noticed things changing at least for the better? Are you seeing yes. more female executives in the room when you're um, pitching shows, or do you think there's still more work that needs to you be know, done? When we were making Dietland, when it was funny, you know, when you talk, Louis, about like the fact that. On HBO, you know, we have the luxury of having people, you know, of women just thinking. We Mm. don't have that luxury on AMC on Dietland because that's a show where you are literally having to put people inside a character and explain a a lot uh, along the way about, like, this is why you should care about her. You know, you literally, Mm -hmm. if we just had scenes of her sitting there looking beautiful, people would be like, I don't understand. Like, why do I care about a 300-pound? I mean, it's that much. You're carrying that much weight Mm -hmm. of the bigotry that's held against people who are different. And this is just a new, it's a new thing we're Mm -hmm. trying to do, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, I mean, I... When people were saying, like, when that show was getting ready to go and the and the Weinstein story broke, and everybody was like, will we still be relevant? I'm like, what time is it? And right. Les Moonves <laughs> is still, you know. Right. <laughs> like, I think, you know, the, the, the problem is that inertia, everybody wants to go back to the status quo. It's more comfortable. So I, I feel like, yes, things are getting better. No question. Like, it has been so much easier to hire women and people of color in the last couple of years. Like, just 
dramatically better because um, I used to try and you'd get such institutional pushback. You know, it would be like, well, yeah. that person made one episode of television. It wasn't fantastic. Well, that's the interesting <laughs> thing with this sort of recent push for like, quote unquote, diversity. You have a lot of young writers. Yeah. And so, but what people don't understand, like when you need someone who's like, you need a producer level writer, you need an EP, you need a showrunner. And there are probably a handful of, for example, like black female showrunners who do comedy. Like there's, there's probably like, I think we probably know most of them. Yeah, and, yeah. So, <laughs> and so that's what, it takes that's the interesting thing where being in it right now you're like oh this will take some time because you need those people to catch up yeah. to these dudes who have been doing this forever yeah and then you have the problem of if you're a younger writer of color uh, it's like oh you sell a show and it's you know it's they want to pair you with a producer chances are it's probably going to be like a white guy yeah. because they need, you know they're like oh this person a white guy with a show. knife behind his back and because like, yeah, yeah. But there's only there's only so many Lena Witt can produce every show right exactly <laughs> she's trying sure. <laughs> and, and I, I hope she's I want Lena Waithe to produce every show but, but you yeah. it's like we need seven Lena Waits because yeah. there are there are seven of all of these other types of people yeah. and um, it's funny because there is sort of that push, but you're in real when you actually see it, you're like, oh, there's still some holes in here, and then like it's gonna take a minute to fill. Thank you so much for being here, oh my Marty. God, my pleasure. Uh, Dietland, the finale just aired. It aired last night, and I also want to thank you for mentioning me in the show. I did. I well, because you know. <laughs> I am. I'm a little weird. I think that my problem is that I want to. I want to win like the best ally award, <laughs> which, which makes me like the most annoying person in the world. Like I, <laughs> I'm the person who would show up with like cookies, you know. So anyway, I'm just a. I, I love the show. I feel like it's uh, making the world a better place. So thank you guys. Thank you. When we're back, keep it. Here's to the paper pushers, the rush hour warriors, and the gotta get awayers. Trade the daily grind for a place to unwind, where you can rise with the tide and roll down the boardwalk, where you can eat french fries for lunch and ice cream for dinner, where your only commute is your walk to the beach, where every day feels like Saturday. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at oceocean.com. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. And we're back with the best part of the show. Well, second best, thanks to Marty. Mm -hmm. It's Keep It. Kara, what's your Keep It this week? My Keep It is to Meghan Markle's father, whose first name I don't remember because it does not matter. And this man has been, he gave a nine-hour interview over the course of three days <laughs> what is about this, his child. <laughs> he needs to shut up. He is out here still talking. Don't nobody care about you. The wedding is over. Megan is 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 off crafting her her British accent and being a princess. He said something weird about like her mother and that she wasn't very nice and it sort of seemed like a little bit of an angry black woman kind of tip. He's just generally he said that Princess Diana would be enraged at how Megan has been treating him. Like Princess Diana would give a flying fuck about your ass, sir. And he he needs to I'm keep it. Princess Diana's ghost did not. I rise mean, just up rise up and snatch him down. <laughs> he needs to shut up. Keep it to him. I cannot believe he is still talking. And the other thing is just like I, I guess at this point he's just cutting his losses in that she's clearly not going to speak to you ever again. Like you're never going to maybe never see her you again. You don't come back from yeah. This. So I guess he's just like, well, fuck it anyway. I might as well like make fifty thousand dollars because it's not like she's going to welcome me back. I have to assume that's what he's doing. There's no way he thinks this will be like Megan will see the nine hour interview and think, oh, daddy, come come to Buckingham Palace. 
can't he just start like royal family podcast or something? I mean, have it somewhere we don't have Talk to Talk about getting to a it. hobby. You and Jake Tapper need to go to a show, <laughs> dance your feelings away. Both of you need to relax. I don't know what he's doing. He needs to stop talking. And then like Chrissy Teigen had tweeted the same thing. Like this man needs to shut the fuck up. And his one of those awful white cousins uh, like came tweeted at Chrissy. came at Chrissy, you know, and she was just like, what is wrong with you people? This is why Megan doesn't like any of your asses. <laughs> Princess Diana hung out with like Freddie Mercury. Let's not talk about who she would be tolerant of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, shut up. I hate you on behalf of Megan. And she, that's the other thing. She can't ever say anything. That's what's the most fresh. Like she can't right. ever respond to him. So he's just going to do these stupid interviews and keep running his mouth. And uh, meanwhile, her mother gets to hang out with Oprah. So I'm going to say, and Megan will remain ravishing. Well, keep it Grindelwald Markle. Uh, Lewis, what's your keep it this week? Keep it and a sympathetic keep it to movie pass and its attempts to exist. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Ten months ago, we all got movie pass because the deal was this. See however many movies you want and it's going to cost you two skee-ball tokens. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm in. We all knew it wasn't going to last and now it's not going to last because the bottom fell out. They've been bailed out one or two times now with like they three. They borrowed five million dollars. Yes. They, first of all, since that year, they have changed the rules of movie pass drastically. A number of times. It's like, and, oh, and you can't see movies more than once. Oh, now you have to take a photo of your receipt to show that you saw this movie. And in the past few days, it's like, now you can't see most movies at all. Now <laughs> now you have to be a boy. Some, <laughs> some showtimes are like surging too. Like it's crazy. Wait, now movies cost three times as much as they but used is, to. Is it really their fault or on us for being gullible fools to think that this would actually like it was always too good to be true. Right. And also it's like they are undone by being successful. I love that right? The more people bought the movie yeah. passes they're like oh this doesn't work. Yeah right. Oh wait this was dumb. I love <laughs> that they scammed rich people for a minute though. Yeah. You know no. like they got us to go and see these movies and basically we also, for free because I saw plenty. No I was like I'll see Book Club 71 times. Um, also it's it got me to other movie theaters that were into it so that was cool you yeah. know it's like oh I don't have to s sit at the arc light where I see Melanie Griffith come in every three minutes but now it's like movie pass is on the corner <laughs> uh, begging for change I feel bad it's, isn't it a black owned business I think it might be even gay owned too oh guys I know I we no guys uh. if you pull out your movie <laughs> if you pull out your movie pass card right now it will turn into a Circuit City gift card in your hand so <laughs> It keeps texting me and asking me for a Raya referral code. <laughs> Girl, can you it's hook still, me up? It still exists, though, right? For, for now. Okay. It's I don't like know. Shambles. If I take it out of my wallet, it might vanish. So I can't, I can't see Mission Impossible 75 with my movie pass? Maybe no. in three months. <laughs> <laughs> well, my keep it this week is to Vogue. So it came out that Beyonce is going to be on the September issue cover. And she, Anna's last September issue, yeah, too. Anna Wintour's last September issue. And I guess Anna Wintour decided, oh, you know, it's my last September issue. Might as well let Beyonce have unprecedented control of the magazine, but also let her hire Vogue's first black photographer to do one of their covers. This magazine has been out for 126 goddamn years. <laughs> this is the first black person to shoot a cover. That's wild. It reminds me of that Andre Leon Talley biopic, you know, where he was talking about how he doesn't have that many friends later in life and he wished that he had, you know, like uplifted more people um, of color, you know, when he was working at the magazine. And I'm like, yeah, Andre, maybe you could have had a black photographer. I mean, that suggested one. And knowing that now this will be the first photographer that only will black photographer that'll only be working and shooting the cover because a black person, an exceptional black person who was given a very unique opportunity that no one has ever been given ever, like such a specific set of circumstances is going to hire one. I'm like, what if we started digging into the first time they've ever had lead stylists and like other editors and like people doing all this other shit? I'm like, if they can't even get a photographer um, involved in this shit, I have very little hope for 
for what they've been doing with everything else. Also, Vogue is a magazine where I would even forget to consider it because they had Vogue is the one with Beverly Johnson was on in like the early 70s, yeah. right? like 74 or something. So in my mind, I'm already going to a place of they get it more than other people do. But that's not necessarily true. You can. Na- I mean, like. In the last few years, like Serena has been on a bunch of times. Lupita's been on a number of times. Michelle Obama's been on a number of times. Beyonce's been on a number of times. But those are also like like incredible people. Yeah, like, and they're and, gorgeous yeah, people yeah, too. Yeah, but they're yeah. just like such, you know, and they're so famous and they're so well known where I feel like half the time I look at Vogue and I'm like, who is this white waif? I don't know who this is. <laughs> That's and my... you don't have any black actresses who are, you know, like a Tessa Thompson, for example. Like she's probably not getting a Vogue cover, but like her sort of white equivalent I know has been on this magazine a ton of times. So yeah, mm -hmm. that's the thing about Anna Wintour is like, is she cool? Because it seems like her actual taste runs so Kate Bosworth, and it's like what? Right. Also, if we want to talk about people not uplifting black people. Let's talk about that nigga Kanye was on the cover of Vogue with mm, Kim. Mm. I guess we know a black person didn't do that cover. Right, right. Keep it. <laughs> but I do hope the cover is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rihanna's the other one. Rihanna's constantly on the magazine. Oh, uh, yes, Sorry. yes. And she's on the cover of um, British Vogue. British Vogue, yeah. Issue. But it really is Anna has, it is Rihanna, Beyonce, Michelle Obama, Serena Williams, Lapita. Mm-hmm. Like those are the ones. I don't. I don't know the facts, but I would Blue guess there are only sure. a couple who have re- <laughs> who have actually repeated covers. Um, so it's a very like her taste is very specific. It's yeah. like these ones get to be on. I guess that's our show, everybody. Mm. I think we kept it pretty well. Yeah, I am sitting here with a Patricia Clarkson figurine that Marty Matson gave me, and she said specifically it was to make me mad. She did. In the spirit of Patricia, y'all have a good day oh, and Lord. keep it a be keep oh, it a be back next week. Oh God. <laughs> That was, my, away. that was my sharp objects impersonation. <laughs> Here's to the paper pushers, the rush hour warriors, and the gotta get awayers. Trade the daily grind for a place to unwind, where you can rise with the tide and roll down the boardwalk, where you can eat french fries for lunch and ice cream for dinner, where your only commute is your walk to the beach, where every day feels like Saturday. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Wayfair's biggest sale of the year is here. It's Wayday. Right now, you can score up to 80% off at Wayfair. Save on sofas and cookware, dining sets and rugs and beds, wall art, bar cards, floor lamps, sailing fans, home decor, all things outdoor, and way more. All up to 80% off right now. Plus, everything ships free. And flash deals are launching all Wayday long. Don't miss Wayfair's biggest sale of the year. Shop Wayday right now from May 6th at Wayfair.com. Wayfair, every style, every home.